In 2011, the young NASCAR driver Joey Gase faced a difficult decision after his mother's sudden death. He had to choose whether or not to donate her organs. The experience led him to become a tireless advocate for organ donation. In this episode of the ASN Kidney News Podcast, ASN Executive Director Todd Ibrahim speaks with Mr. Gase about his efforts to inform the public about organ donation and encourage individuals to become organ donors. Mr. Gase, it's Todd Ibrahim. It's nice to meet you. Hi, nice to meet you. Really appreciate your taking the time to talk with us today. Yeah, that's fine. So you're, I mean, you're only 21 and you've been racing. You've been in the NASCAR Nationwide Series for four years. How did you initially become involved in racing and then make the leap to NASCAR? Um, my dad raced before I did, but just at the local level at our, our local track. And I was always around it and always loved it and always did whatever I could to help out just from cleaning or anything. And when I turned four years old, my dad got me my first go-kart, and I drove that for four years just around the yard and on the driveway. And then uh, when I turned eight years old, I got my first actual competitive racing go-kart, and I started racing. And then uh, when I turned 14, I started racing my dad's old modified, and then from there, I started to move up in the late models. And at 16, I was the youngest ever to win the local track championship in the highest division, and from there, it all started to take off. And uh, when I was when I was 18, I drove for uh, Benny Gordon in the USAR series, it's called. And I was doing well with him, and he introduced me to Archie, the owner of Go Green Racing. And that's how I got my first nationwide start, and it's all been going from there. So, so really, it is similar to other kind of youth sports in the sense that if your parents are interested in it, that helps and you sort of start as early as possible and you start to develop the skills and the passion for the sport. I mean, is that a, I don't mean to compare it to youth soccer, but it sounds very similar. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just like football, um, it's one of those things that you kind of almost got to be brought up into and it kind of gets in your blood and then you you just want to start doing it and you get addicted to it, so... And you're from Iowa originally. Is there a difference in terms of how people race, say, in the Midwest versus the East Coast or the South or the West? Is there a different style or, or approach to racing? Uh, there can be a little bit. The cars the cars can definitely be a little bit different, and the theories and the rules are different. But you get used to it and just the way people act and all that. And I still actually I still live in Iowa and I just travel to all the races. I'm actually in uh, Charlotte right now, though, visiting my cup team and nationwide team at their shops and getting some things ready. But uh, you just adapt quickly, and that's always good, though, to be able to race against different types of racers and different types of racing, so then hopefully you can be used to all of it and handle all of it. So, so what are, I'm just sort of curious, sort of, we've talked a little bit about the mental and how you have to be so focused on the race and I assume trust your team to handle everything else. What about your physical skills? What are the, over the last four years, where have you really felt like you've grown and improved as an athlete? Uh, able to, able to handle the heat and just being able to keep your focus longer and longer. Long, more you move up, longer the races get. Right now, the nationwide races usually last anywhere from our, hour and a half to probably two and a half hours, three hours, depending on what's all going on. And then uh, the cup races, they can last anywhere from two and a half hours to four, four and a half hours. And being able to stay focused that long is is really tough. And if you lose your focus for one second, you can end up in the wall in a hurry. And then you're, you're trying to deal with the heat 
Um, when it's cooler outside, it's not too bad. They say it's normally about 25 degrees warmer in the car than it is outside. And when it's the peak of summer and you're racing during the day, it gets it can get up to 100, 130, 140, depending on all what's going on inside the car. And you have to, what I do to prepare for that is just, I drink water, almost just water juices all week and uh, a lot of Pedialyte. Um, the Pedialyte's really good with getting you rehydrated quickly and all the electrolytes. And then I, I eat a lot of bananas to keep the potassium up from cramping up and some more electrolytes. And from there, I think the best thing to do to stay in shape is just endurance stuff and building building your core. It's one of the main things I have problems with is my lower back, getting tired at the end of the races on a long run. And besides that, just staying in the car and keeping all your reflexes up and working all the same muscles you do. So, so I'm impressed that a lot of NASCAR drivers are involved in charitable work, and I know you are as well, and that you're focused on raising awareness about organ donation and the importance of it and donate life. I'm just wondering how you became involved in that cause. Um, my mom passed away in April of 2011 of a of brain aneurysm, and uh, she was perfectly healthy, ate right all the time, worked out all the time. And for those people who don't know a lot about aneurysms, there's right now there's not a whole lot you can do to predict them or prevent them. They just kind of happen. And when they happen, depending on how bad it is, sometimes you can go in and fix them. But my mom's was so bad and put so much pressure on her brain, she became brain dead very quickly. And at that time, the, the doctors asked us if she would want to be an organized tissue donor. And I didn't really know a whole lot about donation besides when you go to the DNV, it's just a quick yes or no question. But I knew my mom, she always loved helping people and wanted to donate blood, but she was actually so so short and so so tiny she didn't even weigh enough to be able to do that. So we knew my mom would want to be a donor and if she can no longer continue her life, she would want to do whatever she could to help others continue theirs. And ever since that time, I wanted to do something to honor my mom, but not only honor my mom, but to help raise awareness for donation and honor past donors and past donor families. And uh, I called up Iowa Donor Network in 2012 and that told them what I wanted to do, and they were all for it. And it's been growing, it's been growing a lot ever since then. We've been getting more and more support from other OPOs across the nation and eye banks and tissue banks. And it's been growing and we've been able to raise a lot of awareness. All the time I get messages or phone calls through Facebook and Twitter and people tell me they've become donors because of my mom's story and learned so much from it. And it's really, it's really quite amazing and humbling seeing how big an impact my mom's have made, not only in her recipients, but in other people's lives also. I guess, Two questions. I mean, the first one would be, you know, I appreciate your sharing your, your, the story of your mom with us, and, and I'm, I apologize. You know, I'm sorry for your loss. I guess, what do you feel that you've learned as you go into adulthood? What, what's the one thing you feel like you've learned most from your mom? Um, just never take anything for advantage, and uh, just try to live life to the fullest, and be as nice and kind to everyone that you can, and. Uh, just try to live life the best you can in the best way possible. She always taught me and my sister how to do things right. And if she would she would make a mistake, she would make sure she'd come back and tell my sister and I. And that's that's what we're, I'm trying to do is live life the best I can and help people the most I can. And I feel really lucky and fortunate to be able to have a sponsor like Donate Life and be able to raise awareness because I would be doing it either way if they sponsored me or not and to be able to take that and help continue my racing career. So it's really 
it's really quite amazing. And to to be able to meet all these donor families and recipients every week and when we honor them and invite them to the track, it's it's amazing. It's kind of you have your own little family and you didn't even meet them yet. So I feel really lucky and fortunate to be able to have that. And I know you had the opportunity to, to meet um, someone who received a kidney from your mom. I'm just wondering if you could tell us that story. Yeah, um, Jordan Shaw uh, received one of my mom's kidneys, and he was the first one to write a letter to us. And I was, me and my sister were able to meet him and his family for the very first time, the first time Iowa Donor Network sponsored us. And it was just, it was an amazing event. ESPN, ESPN was able to capture us meeting and show it later. And just all the emotion it went through, just knowing that if it wasn't for my mom, Jordan wouldn't most likely be alive today, and he's able to live a better and healthier life now. And seeing that, it only didn't only make an impact in Jordan's life, but his entire family's life, just seeing the happiness and joy in their, in their eyes, it was just amazing. And being able to see how good of a kid Jordan was, or still is, is quite amazing too and we still we still stay in touch and he still comes to a lot of my races at Iowa too and uh, that's one thing I'd have to say for recipients and donor families I know it can be tough just to write a letter and you don't know all the right things to say but just do the best you can and get the letter out there it makes a huge impact for both sides. Are there other things that you've learned through this experience that you'd want to share with our audience? Um, I'm just I'm struck by how personal this is to you, but also how you've been able to use your unique platform to raise awareness. I'm really impressed by that. Uh, I mean, I've just I've learned so much from the medical standpoint to seeing how fast the waiting list is growing. Um, when I first started, there was about 120,000 people on the wait list, and now it's over 130. And uh, we can change that. All we have to do is say yes to donation. And it amazes me how many people are so, I guess, naive about it. And I think the reason why a lot of people aren't donors is because they're scared about donation just because they're not aware about how it works. And I think if we we can get people to listen and pay attention and realize how it may give an impact to make some people's lives, they'll sign up and realize that a a doctor's job is to save you, and they're going to do everything they can to save you. And there's there's nothing more they can do than they'll ask if they if you would like to be an organ donor. And until that point, they're going to do everything they can to save you. And I think that's another reason why some people aren't donors is just because they're afraid that their doctors and nurses won't do everything they can. But uh, I learned firsthand with my mom that simply that's not the truth. So I guess my closing question is really around what you have planned for the rest of the season. Um, how many more races do you have and what are you, what are you looking forward to? Um, right now we have nine more nationwide races. And I just found out last week I'm going to be having my first Sprint Cup Series start in Chicago September 14th. And uh, I'm really, really looking forward to that and excited for that. And uh, we've been able to meet all our goals so far this year, and we hopefully can finish out those goals by finishing top 20 driver points and nationwide, and hopefully can run good in the Cup Series and keep my feet in the door a little bit and hopefully be able to stay in there. And we're really trying to get more and more OPOs and organizations, Donate Life organizations to team up with us at all the races so we can help promote more in that area and also nationally and honor the donor families and make all the people realize how amazing it is and that once you're a donor, you're never forgotten. And we're trying to we're trying to get Donate Life on the car for uh, the Cup Series race and really step it up to the next level. And uh, if we do that, I think it will be truly amazing.
Well, congratulations on the cup race, but also the season you're having. And my goal is to get all 15,000 of ASN's members to support you and for you to become their favorite driver. So um, that'll be my, my pledge to you in terms of everything you're doing to raise awareness for kidney disease. I would really appreciate it if they, if they do. And if they have a Facebook or Twitter, and I invite them to follow me on Twitter at Joey Gase Racing and on, on Facebook, like our page on Joey Gase Racing. Uh, more, more people we get a following, the more people support us. It just keeps on building bigger and bigger and growing faster and faster. So I'd really appreciate it. Well, we'll, we'll do everything we can to help you. And just, Joey, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us today. I really appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Thank you for having me. Stay in touch. This podcast is copyrighted by the American Society of Nephrology, all rights reserved. All content in this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to be medical advice. This podcast should not be used in a medical emergency or for diagnosis or treatment of any medical condition. Please consult your doctor or other qualified health care provider if you have any questions about any medical condition or before taking any drug, changing your diet, or commencing or discontinuing any course of treatment. Thank you for listening to this podcast by the American Society of Nephrology.